Hello and welcome to Water Source, the podcast series from the catchment team here at Dorkamri Welsh Water. Throughout this series, we'll be exploring Welsh Water's proactive approach to looking after water in the environment. And we'll be meeting a range of partners to learn about what work they're involved with that might be relevant to our own, to see what we can learn from each other and explore ways of working together. Hello and welcome to the Water Source podcast. My name is Dave Ashford from the Drinking Water Catchments team here at Dude Cymru Welsh Water. This is the second of a two-part podcast focusing on the Brecon Beacons National Park. In the last episode, we met the new ish chief executive, Catherine Meeling-Jones, and she discussed the long-term vision of the park and introduced Future Beacons, the current consultation on the park management plan for the next five-year period. From Welsh Water's perspective, the park management plan could have a major impact on the way that drinking water supplies are safeguarded across the Brecon Beacons, which is why the National Park Authority is a really important project partner for us. And today I'm pleased to have Helen Luco joining us to explain the consultation in a bit more detail. Thanks for joining us, Helen. Welcome to Port Water Source. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, so for people that don't know you, Helen, could you tell us a bit about yourself and introduce your role within the park? Yeah, so I'm um, the strategy and policy manager for the National Park, which is a huge privilege, really, because I get to think about the National Park and what it means for it to have a sustainable future. Um, And this is really, um, it's a privileged role because I've had a lifelong love affair with the National Park. I absolutely adore spending time here and I have ever since I was a child. So it was a real, it's a, it is a real privilege to be able to do this job. Um, uh, As strategy and policy manager, I've got the responsibility to develop both the management plan and our local development plan, which is more planning focused. Um, I've worked for the National Park for 14 years now. And my background is as a chartered town planner, but recently um, I've um, been able to sort of break out of that, that mould and think about the National Park as a whole and, and far more holistically um, and in developing the management plan with my, with my colleagues. And it's been great, really, really um, Really exciting project, and it's something I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and your your passion is already coming across in the way you've introduced yourself already. Um, so we've asked Catherine about this as well, but could you mm. just touch on the long-term vision of the park and then how that's broken down into, into management plan periods? Yeah, so um, the long-term vision of the park is just to improve on what we've got, really. You know, we're a wonderful, beautiful natural landscape, but there are challenges within that landscape. And so we want to use the sustainable management of natural resources to really um, improve um, and enhance our special qualities. So we've got this image that shows the National Park um, as somewhere that becomes a thriving natural environment. So we want to see nature thriving to have more resilience in our ecological systems. We want to make sure that our communities have a sustainable future. And that means giving them opportunities to become more zero carbon, to develop more self-sufficiency, to be able to have economic well-being as well from living within the park. So this idea of bringing nature and people together to create a thriving future is really what our future vision is all about. And beyond that, to ensure that everyone who comes here has benefit from being within our landscape. So we, we bring about health and well-being benefits 
people are inspired by being within our landscape. So that's our long-term future vision. And it, I mean, it doesn't sound that ambitious, but I can assure you it's hugely ambitious into taking the part from what it is today into somewhere that is actually sustainable into the future. Uh, we'll get onto that ambition in a second. I think, it <laughs> be ambitious. I think it really does have to be ambitious. But I think it's important what you touched on there because the park is not just landscape it's not just nature it's those people living earning a living and enjoying the park it's those communities that are the the lifeblood of the place and that's what really has to be at the mm. heart of this so let's get on to future beacons itself then so it was launched a month or so ago mm -hmm. at the beginning of november yeah and it's open until early march that's right we've got a very long consultation period on this because we really do want to start talking to as many people as possible that can help us implement Okay, so let's just get into the future beacons in a little bit more detail. So it's broken down into lots of policy areas, too many for yeah. us to discuss today. Yeah. Um, but you've broken things down into three or four main categories. Could you unpack some of that for us? Yeah, so, um, so the management plan itself is about how we implement our purposes and duties. So national park authorities have three sort of statutory things that we have to do. Our first purpose is to conserve and enhance the natural beauty, wildlife and cultural heritage of the National Park. Our second purpose is to provide opportunities for understanding and enjoyment in the National Park. And whilst doing those things, we've got a socio-economic duty to foster the well-being, uh, the social and economic well-being of our constituent communities. So those are our sort of core purposes, as it were. So we've thought about those. I mean, we think about them holistically. They have to work together. But in order to, to think about the management plan, we've sort of separated out those distinct areas into a suite of objectives, really, which attempt to say, OK, if we were to do all of these things, what, what would success look like? And the outcomes associated with those then lead us into a range of policy interventions, as you said, are too many to talk about but for example for our first purpose which is about um, conserving and enhancing our environment we've got policies that relate to the sustainable management of natural resources essentially so make sure that our landscape is resilient into the future we want to enhance the treescapes within the national park we want to conserve and enhance nat our natural uh, beauty we want to ensure that we've got resilient nature, biodiversity, resilient ecosystems into the future. And of course, water is a key part of that. Sustainable management of our water resources is obviously really key to that. And we want to make sure that all our water sources are healthy, naturally functioning, that provide clean water, that provide strong ecosystems and, and obviously provide great areas for recreation, for human enjoyment. So that's a key policy for us, especially at the moment with the phosphate constraint uh, as, as live as it is and as an impacting as many areas of our work. And of course, uh, drinking water is our major concern at Welsh Water. 50% mm -hmm. of the water that we supply to our customers every day across Wales comes from the Brecon Beacon, so it's mm -hmm. a hugely mm -hmm. uh, important area for us. But as you say, it's interrelated with other things. We've talked about trees. It overlaps with kind of peatlands, habitats. Yeah. And let's not forget agriculture, you know, the major land yeah. use within the national park. So um, yeah. livestock farming specifically. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's finding a way to bring those areas together for um, mutual problem solving and, and finding yeah. opportunities for everybody to move forward together, presumably. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can't deliver this plan by ourselves. You know, this plan is it's a really bold vision, but it's a vision to try and rally around to develop those coalitions of the willing that want to take the transformational change within the area that recognise it's necessary. And so the policy position is set out to say, okay, we collectively need to take action in this area. And how do we work together to deliver those outcomes on the ground? And that really is the aim of this plan, is really to say, okay, it's going to take everyone to develop, to actually create a sustainable national park. And everyone has a part to play in that because it's a resource for everybody as well. Do you think that this plan is different to previous plans in that respect yeah i think it i think it is actually i mean the policy landscape in which we've been drafting this is hugely different to perhaps ever before so if you think about it like the last plan was drafted in 2015 nobody had declared a climate emergency nobody was talking about the biodiversity crisis as the you know the sixth great extinction we've got Um, a completely different policy landscape. There's such an imperative for change. And we were drafting this as we were in lockdown and thinking about what will the world be like? What's this build back better that everybody's talking about? And that policy context really did think, okay, we're, we're on the cusp of something different. And we really need to think about what that different is. So this plan really is about creating transformational change within the region whilst maintaining and enhancing the value of the landscape that we've got around us. So I think the fact that it was written when we were in lockdown and when we were thinking about these issues when we were in lockdown, and we really did think that there is such an imperative for change and the potential for change. And so this plan, it's seeking really to, as I said, to get everybody behind this vision for a sustainable future for the National Park, one where we can generate clean water for 50% of your residents without there being a challenge, you know, one where everybody's working together in order to sustainably manage the national natural resources that we've got and ensure our residents and our visitors have a great time here. You know, the the fear that, um, that our communities will just die because there's nothing here for them and that our environment will you know, degrade beyond a tipping point is really, really real. And we do need to, at this moment, feel like it's it's our last chance saloon. I think we've got to take the action now. Otherwise, I'm scared for the future of the National Park. And you mentioned a moment ago um, that the last management plan was drafted at a very different time. Of course, since that time, we've also got the well-being of future generations legislation, exactly. which gives us all this, this huge opportunity really to consider the tomorrows and our children and grandchildren beyond beyond today. So I think that's a really important part of this picture as well when piecing together what a sustainable future might look like. So, so how would people actually get involved with this consultation, Helen? Um, so people at home on their farms, their communities, who might have some ideas or experiences to share, what is it you're actually looking for people to do to get involved? So the things that we're really interested in is understanding whether our vision aligns with everybody else's visions and organisations, you know, we're having those conversations, but it's really important for us to understand that the residents in the National Park believe in what we are setting out. And if they don't, that they tell us and we, and we can work together then on trying to work out, well, what is the vision for the future of National Park? So if you disagree with what we're saying, you need to let us know. Um, and so the documentation is on our website and 
and um, there's a very simple form to fill in um, if you want to be able to comment on the plan. Uh, we've got a summary version, so it's a you know the, the main plan itself. It deals with a lot of things. It's a hundred page log, but there's also a summary version which allows people to dip and dive into the bits that they're more most interested in. So take a look at that. That's a great starting point, and then yeah, just let us know. We're really really interested also in thinking about how collectively we can take this forward. Words are fine, aren't they? You know, the rhetoric of the plan, I think everyone's really keen on and supporting. But as Greta said, you know, blah, 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 what is it we're going to do? So if people are, I feel that they've got ideas that would help us um, enact some of these policies, if, if they're part of an action group or they're a community that want to change their future, then to let us know and to say, okay, well, these are things that we want to do to be able to help you implement that plan. We'd be really keen to do that. And we're really, really keen to work with communities in particular to help them um, have a sustainable future. So does that mean we need to help think about community housing, community energy? Is there, I don't know, is there scope for um, improving ecological networks? Are we thinking about the creation of wetlands and, and talking with our farmers to see how they can offset some of the impacts that we've got around? What's the potential for payments for ecosystem services? Uh, you know, those are the sorts of things that we'd love to hear from the community because by ourselves, we've only got really limited knowledge of what could happen. But if we go out there into the community, the, the wide horizons of everybody else's views really could make some of this happen on the ground and that's what I'm really really excited to see happen I'm so keen to start being able to to do this plan as opposed to just talk about the plan <laughs> so so really going out there and harvesting all of those ideas and energy from everybody right across the park and presumably you know the park is not one thing it's not one community so what's happening on the east side of the park and the west side of the park and the middle all different communities presumably there can be different models different targets and different exactly exactly and, and we want to try as many different things as possible and I think what we're trying to say is like let's try things let's be a test bed so um we are really keen to be as innovative as possible so if communities out there want to try something new if people have got interesting ideas we're really really keen to think about what are the potentials um and test bed be a pilot because potentially you know, we would like to be able to say that we, as a national park authority, could be the, um, we could be the leading light. And that's what the, the title of the plan is all about. We want to be the future beacon for a sustainable future, not just within the national park, but, you know, within Wales, within the world. We want to say that we've got those beacons of hope here in the national park that can show what a transformative change can happen and, and lead us to a sustainable future. And, and I think as well that reflects our ethos in the Brecon Beacons Mega Catchment, which is my project within Welsh Water. That's mm. very much our way of working as well. We don't have all yeah. the ideas. We need to go out there, work with farmers, work with the yeah. community, because other people out there are having great ideas. They've got great experience and, and hands-on experience that we don't have, and it's harvesting all of that knowledge mm. um, and bringing it together for a, for a positive way forward. Brilliant. Um, Helen, also, we've talked about the people living within the park and working within the park. But, you know, again, the water example, that's I think that's a really good example of where something happening inside of the park has a far reaching impact on people outside of the park. The water that we abstract from the Brecon Beacons is, is used right throughout South Wales. 
people from right throughout Wales and beyond will be using the park recreationally as well. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. is there a position for people outside of the park to be responding to this consultation as well? Oh, of course. You know, we've spent quite a lot of time talking with the PSBs, um, which have been really interesting, actually. And just saying things like that is OK. So your water comes from the National Park. You know, if you want growth within the National Park, then we have to be able to be able to provide those natural resources. But actually, you know, when national parks were set up, you know, in the 1950s, the idea was that it provides this opportunity for outdoor recreation for the working man and the phraseology of the time, which is just saying that we are a resource for everybody to be able to access in order. And again, the phraseology at the time is spiritual enrichment, but I think we'd say health and well-being these days, you know. And so the how people view the National Park as a resource and how it should be managed into the future is as much the opinion of the visit of a day visitor or somebody um, who lives on our boundaries as it is for the people who live and work within the National Park. So yes, we really do want as many people as possible to get involved and showing the value of the National Park. I mean, it's not just about people coming into the park, you know, as much as we love having visitors and that's what we're here for. We also believe that the value of the National Park should be exported out. And that's about using nature to improve health and well-being um, outcomes and to manage that nature sustainably so we can have those benefits for forever. The people who created the National Park were really, really great ancestors to our generation. So it's really important that we are also those good ancestors to our future generations in order to maintain this this landscape for, 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 you know, for many, many generations to come because of the benefits it can bring people. And I think as well for you know, tour tourists and recreational users, um, again, from our perspective in, in Welsh Water and from, from a catchment management perspective, um, I think there's a really great opportunity here to kind of share information with visitors as well, because what, you know, somebody from, from Cardiff or Swansea, for example, they go into the Brecon Beacons and spend their kind of Saturday afternoon enjoying the landscape. And if they're interacting with water at all in the landscape, that's the water that's coming out of their kitchen tap, you know, a week or so later. So I think there's a really important kind of circular engagement message that we can all work together to try and deliver here so that everyone's yeah. just a bit more informed and a bit more aware of, their impacts on the environment and how they can be a positive um, uh, in, yeah. impact going forward. Yeah, that's a really good point, Dave, actually. And, and what we see is that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that people who spend time in natural environments, even small times in natural environments, exhibit pro-environmental behaviour. So basically, they are inspired by the natural world and when they go home, they, they want to undertake activity which supports um, the environment. So perhaps they improve re recycling rates, perhaps they have better understanding of their individual impact on the environment. So that messaging around, okay, so this water that you're seeing in this stream, which is really incredibly inspiring, is going to come out of your taps. And that, that link is so vital to getting people to think about their own impact and the, their, their place in, in creating that transformational change that we need. That's a really great point. Yeah, I think that's something that we're going to have to start working on ourselves to kind of develop that message and find the best way of sharing that information mm. with people. Mm. Um, so to summarise then, the, the consultation, the plan, it's split into a number of policy areas. They are designed to kind of bring together all the evidence and ideas and experience of the communities inside and outside of the park to help us all move towards a space whereby we are above the minimum levels that we all need 
for our yeah. quality of life that we expect, but below the environmental ceilings above which we're exploiting natural resources in an unsustainable way. So it's it's yeah. a, a a suite of policies to help us get into that safe central space. Excellent. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, that, Helen. Um, it's really interesting chat. I've learned quite a lot as well. Hopefully, the listeners will do as well. What I would hope is that either yourself or Catherine or or somebody else from the team can come back in a few months' time once the consultation is closed, once you've analysed all the results, when we've got a bit of an idea of what the next steps might be going forwards, so that again we can all move forwards together and share information as best as as we can. Would that be okay with you to come back and have another chat? And yeah. Yeah, if you'll have me, that would be lovely. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, thanks for your time today, Helen, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode of Water Source.